Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we have a very fun show for you. You know why it's fun? It's because it's one of my favorite topics. I love talking about women who are professionals in the field and who have made livings and have changed their lives through their choices of their lifestyles. And um, this one to me is delightful. We're talking about courtesans tonight. Courtesans are if you're not familiar with the term, I highly suggest that you go check out the difference between this if you can't figure it out after this show. So we have, we have some fun differences between courtesans and prostitutes and mistresses. And I don't know if you know this, they're actually very, very different. And one of the sweet differences is that courtesans are highly independent. And I love that. I love the fact that in a time when a lot of women, so, okay, let me back up because I'm so excited about this topic. I have like 35 things on my mind that I want to talk about. So let's start from the beginning. What the heck is a courtesan? So if you break down the word, it's got the word court in it, which I find fun in itself. And what the fuck is a court? That is a place that people go and they gather and they usually play a game like a tennis court. And that is actually where the word original word of court started for our judicial systems. It started with the king and his entourage would be hanging out on a field and it would have an enclosed space. And that was a court. And I think it was Henry VIII. It was one of the Henrys, I believe, that loved tennis and he had a tennis court. And one of the very first places where that started was he referred to it as a court and you would have opposing teams playing on this court. And part of this uh, was all about play and getting people in his court to play so that he could observe the play of his courtiers. Courtiers were also another term of anybody who was in the court. So the women of the court, though, were courtesans. They were not just the women of the court. They were the educated, chosen women of the court. They were the ones who got invited in by the rich, the wealthy, the prestigious, all the ones who had clout in the world at the time. And I'm talking about in the world, the Eastern, uh, sorry, it's in the Western uh, hemisphere. We're talking about Europe. No, we're not talking about like uh, Eastern, the Eastern part of the world, like Asia. There's a different history there. And the stories are a little bit uh, slightly different. So this show is mainly focusing on the European history of courtesans as the word courtesan actually comes from, it's um, originally an Italian word, cortigiano, cortigiana, but cortigiano is like the masculine and cortigiana. And I apologize for my Italian because I'm not Italian. <laughs> Could be pronouncing it incorrectly. Um, cortigiana is in reference to the people of the court. 
and then it translated a little bit to French and then the English adopted it as a term for the women in the court that were the educated that were brought in by men. So, so that's kind of like a background, the word court in its uh, courtesan has the word court in it. Why the heck does it have the word court in it? Because these were women of the court. They were upper class women. They chose these careers. Most of them were women who actually chose these careers as a way to have more of a life that was like where they could develop independent well, uh, wealth and they could develop independent thought. They could be educated. They could have a lot of things that other women of their times did not have. So I have a sort of deep admiration for courtesans, um, especially in that time in history when we're talking about like the 16th century to the 19th century, around the mid, you know, or even into the 20th century, there was like a super famous courtesan in, uh, from like 18, I think it was 1876-ish to the early 19th. 1800s around um, World War One. I. I think she was killed during the war as a spy, and she was called the spy. Her name was Mata Hari, uh, and there was a really great book written about. There's many great stories written about Mata Hari. She's actually one of the most famous courtesans in history, and she. Um, one of my favorite stories written about her is by Paulo Coelho, who also wrote The Alchemist. So he wrote a book called The Spy about. Um, the Mata Hari, and he has this crazy ability to tap into the minds of women like I've never seen uh, anybody be able to do before. He he's he can write from the perspective of a woman and her and her experience as if he's been a woman. And I believe I remember uh, reading something about him once saying that he actually does kind of tap into the to the women kind of a channeling of them when he writes about them so this is part of probably why it comes out so genuine so if you are interested and you want to know some things about courtesans there are hundreds of books out there they're very i find them very exciting i think because i tend to be drawn to them over the years i have you know randomly run across so many books that have to do with courtesans in different um different ways i think mostly they've been focused on european courtesans although there have been many throughout history in india in uh other parts of you know so we've got asia like china and uh, japan where you have the geisha as well and there was a really great one that was called memoirs of a geisha that i think i read in the 90s and i love that one too and that one was a woman who started out in life with a pretty rough life and was sold as a child and became a geisha in her life, which was more of a revered way of being um, a woman of the night, shall we call it, but for, for lack of better words. But the the difference though, when you look at the the these women's lives compared to prostitutes, I find it really, um, I find it really fascinating that these women were so empowered to say, this is actually what I'm, what I'm choosing is to have a life where I'm going to get to have a say, I'm going to get to be influential, and I'm going to get to have rights that a lot of other women don't have. So they were already kind of rebels in their own right, a lot of these courtesans, even though being a kept woman sounds like you're not being such a rebel, it sounds almost like slavery. Uh, strangely, though, it was probably one of the 
best ways to have your own independence. So it's weird because you're not a mistress, which mistresses, they tend to be the lover of the person who, you know, you know, you might have a man who has like a wife and a mistress and a mistress is somebody he maybe even loves more than the wife. And he even maybe has her kept on the side and has children with her. And historically that's been the case in a lot of, a lot of countries, especially in European countries, that's been the case uh, historically that there have been mistresses. France is renowned for it. They even have a term for the mistress, which is the saint cassette. If you, uh, this is kind of like a, I believe it's a well-known term, <laughs> but it might not be. If, uh, if it's actually a movie that was made, it was an independent film um, somewhere about in the last 15 years, and it was called The Saint-Cassette, and it was all about uh, this, this uh, French woman who chooses to have her, have her affair as well. So it's like the acceptable time of day for in France to have your affairs between five and seven and you go off and you have your affair and then you come home to your family at seven and then you have these acceptable hours. So I don't know if that's across the board, if it's a Parisian thing, if it's whatever it happens to be, there are references to it in different places in different ways. And it goes back, it goes back for many centuries that mistresses have been completely acceptable in so many cultures. And it's, um, it's a very different thing than the courtesans, although courtesans could become mistresses if they started to fall in love, develop relationships with their, um, with the person that's keeping them, you know, and mistresses often only had one lover where courtesans, they could choose, they could like bop around and they could have all kinds of, um, they were businesswomen, so they could pick who's going to be the most beneficial of the hour and who are they going to work with? Because uh, if, you know, one person falls out of favor with the, the crown at the time, then you're going to want to be with somebody who's more influential. And that's the idea behind the courtesan is she was always striving for something better and greater. And she had targets in life and accomplishments. And you look at her contemporaries of the time who were probably a lot of them were washerwomen. And um, you know, no disregard to their job, but they, they were struggling. And these women who are courtesans were having kind of the life of luxury, even though they might've had grown up with a similar lifestyle as the woman who became a washerwoman. Um, the courtesans had, uh, they got to live with lavish clothes. They got to go into, you know, eat like phenomenal food and they got to travel and, and they often got to go to balls with their lovers instead of the wives even they were often like replaced completely and this was acceptable so i get that this is pretty weird for a lot of our modern minds to think about like hey you know the wife knows that you know the husband is going off with the courtesan to a ball and it seems like that that was sort of in that time it was actually acceptable and for the wife, she would have even regarded it as, okay, this could actually bring us greater standing because maybe this courtesan has a way of, of uh, getting us into a higher rank or into favor with the king. Because you would want a courtesan who was entertaining, uh, you know, highly intelligent, versed in different languages. And they usually studied things, even if they were raised poor, they found ways and they would study things. And some of them were 
originally and things like actresses who kind of didn't go very far in their career, but decided, okay, well, my acting didn't go so far. I might as well try this, you know? So they had, they had some background. They also probably knew how to read, which was unusual at the time. And because of some of their wild and amazing skills, a lot of them got accused of witchcraft. Another reason why I'm fascinated by courtesans because their, because of their knowledge, their expertise and their connections, if you fell out of favor, especially during times of witch trials, um, chances were you were gonna be accused of witchcraft and, and being a witch. So it was risky. It was like one of the riskiest businesses for, for one, for disease. The disease at the time was raging. Like they had, we didn't even, we can't even fathom the diseases that were going on in the 1500s um, because we didn't have, they didn't have uh, the hygiene that we have. We didn't have the medicines we have. They didn't have um, access to the information that we have either. So, you know, if you're only bathing on a, for like a, on a good week, you're only bathing like once a week or once every two weeks, if you're lucky, which was rare to be bathing that often, then um, you're probably gonna start to get a little bit um, diseasey in different areas, let's say. So, uh, you know, if you're a busy girl and you've had a lot of lovers and you haven't really washed up your goods, you may be, you know, walking around with some bacterial stuff, especially if the boys are not like washing off their stuff or girls. Sometimes it went that way too, but not, not, um, not as often women. I'm sure it happened. I haven't found evidence of it yet though, that there would have been rich women who paid for women uh, courtesans. I think what they would have had is they would have had them as um, confidants and friends. And then that would have been something in secret that happened. So I'm sure it did. It's just not the same in the same context that the men would have paid for it. And they might've been given things like um, jewels or something in favor for the friendship that was beyond a friendship. A lot of writing from the 17th and 18th century sounds like a lot of women who are upper class women um, had relationships of that kind. So I, I remember that through a course I studied in university and we looked at different different things historically around sex, sexuality, and and even at that time, so this is 20 five years ago when I was in university, we didn't have terms like pansexual then. So it was pretty interesting just to be in a class where it was it was even a little bit taboo to be talking about bisexuality, homosexuality, and be looking at it in a historical context and looking at how do we, you know, how did these people relate? How did they have, have relationships? How did they survive these relationships in cultures that this was not acceptable? And a lot of it was, you know, you could have had the rich women who did have something like a courtesan in her life who she would write to, but it was more like a confidant. So that's a total side note. Maybe I'll look at some historical lesbians in another show because that could be a lot of fun. Maybe I'll bring on some of my favorite lesbians to talk about that too. That could be a lot of fun. I wonder if my favorite lesbians even know the history of lesbians going on either, but they may or may not going right back to the island of Lesbos. A lot of them know about the island of Lesbos, but I don't know if they have um, information beyond that, but that could be a fun thing to talk about. So we're going to talk more about courtesans. We are going to be heading to our first commercial break. 
I apologize if I'm like so distracted because this topic gets me so excited. I'm even like itching in my seat to like talk and like so much stuff to say. So I invite you to come on back for my crazy butt stories about all kinds of crazy things. I was going to say another word, but except for butt in there. And then I got, I thought I'll say, I'll just say about my crazy butt stories uh, when we come back from this commercial break. See you after the break. Are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we are talking all about courtesans. We're just talking a brief history of them because there is a very long and deep history of courtesans. And there are some super famous ones throughout history, uh, dating back to like the 1500s, all the way into the early 1900s, like 1920s even. I don't know when they stopped using the term, though I'm sure there is there's still reference to it, although, you know, I think the kind of in the court these days, uh, the court as in the royal court these days, these are things that they're not as proud of as they were 400 years ago, three, 400 years ago. So these are things they try to keep out of the tabloids rather than put directly in the tabloids and brag about, hey, I've got this courtesan, yada, yada, where before there was more pride around it, where they were taking it in public and they were like sported around and it was uh, something of like a trophy girlfriend to have. So even though she was a temporary girlfriend in a way uh, that she wasn't like a mistress, she wasn't sticking around necessarily. So, uh, so Oh, I think if you read the show description, you'll realize that since I was really young, I've had a fascination with prostitutes. I know that sounds really bizarro, but 
I remember being like seven or eight years old and I lived in Toronto and we would drive down the street. So my dad lives in an area of Toronto that's really close to, um, really close to what we call like prostitute central back in the day. And when I was a kid, if it was at night, if we were going to an event or something, we'd usually have to drive down the prostitute central street. If I was headed off to uh, like, for example, if I was headed off to do some folklore dancing at church, we'd be driving down the street and I'd get to see prostitutes. Wow. Talk about irony and fun. And they'd be on Queen Street as we would drive uh, the way to church. And I, at first I, I wondered, uh, like, why are these women outside in the cold in miniskirts? That was my big question. I was like, oh my God, aren't they cold? They're standing in like miniskirts and high heels and they don't have anything on. And I like, at first I felt like rescuing them. I remember that feeling because I thought they were cold. And then my dad was like, ah, they're prostitutes. And I was like, prostitutes, fascinating. What does that mean? And then I asked my mom, I think I asked my mom and mom's like, they're women who get paid for doing things other, I believe this was her term was like, they're women who get paid for doing things that other women do for free. And I was like, wow, that's even more interesting. And then I was like, now what does that really mean? And eventually the story kind of culminated and I realized these women get paid for sex once I understood what sex was. So this was like a developing kind of concept for me over a few years. So by the time I was like 11 or 12, I had Cabbage Patch Kids, as we all did in the 80s, or most of us did who were like middle class white kids. And I had a Cabbage Patch Kid and naturally with a fascination of prostitution, I made hooker for that's what I called them my hooker outfits for my dolls so yes my cabbage patch kids had hooker outfits that's how fascinated I was with prostitution is that I even dressed my dolls up like them and I mini skirts and all and like showing off their shoulders and I didn't quite understand it fully <laughs> I didn't quite understand like how some of the women had really hard lives and were being brutalized I didn't quite get that but I did get these women get paid for something that other women do for free. Wow, that's cool. They're cool. <laughs> so uh, when you get different parents and different perspectives, you definitely get information that you never thought about. So that kind of led into other curiosities that I ended up, uh, you know, just, I was just super curious as a kid. So I did kind of take on figuring out what the heck that meant. It wasn't until I got older that I learned that some of these women can be like super high class and make a lot of money and they're respected. And then I was like, oh, there's like levels to prostitution. You can like level up. That's amazing. So I thought that was so cool. Like you could be like somebody doesn't make so much cash or you could be like cracking in the thousands. And I thought, heck, that's like, that's like awesome. You could crack in the thousands. So I think this was also later in the nineties when, you know, it wasn't, there was internet going on, but it wasn't as uh, prolific as we have it these days. So there were in, in big cities, you could actually look in the, in different um, phone books, you could find listings for escorts. And that was more like along the line of, of courtesans. And then there were actual escort directories that you could get. And if you want to, I know this because I know somebody who did this back in the day. Um, he was a boss of mine, but I'm not going to name names in case uh, his wife ever listens to this show. <laughs> so um, the 
at the time, um, I know that there were like directories that you could get at certain high class hotels, they would actually give you directories to escort services if you requested them. So these are all on the down low, right? And you just have to ask, you know, front desk, do you know, and they'll usually hook you up. And if you're at a discreet enough, exclusive enough hotel, they will hook you up with what we have now escorts, which would be our kind of replacement to courtesans these days as Escorts are usually educated women as well. They're getting paid higher amounts of money. And they're also, you know, they're doing this usually um, as a financial choice and also as something as more of a, uh, sometimes for, well, not just financially, but also because of the benefits they might get from it. They might get travel. They might get to meet people. Um, I, I did know a lady who who did that I, I knew a few um they might have actually been on the show in the past as well hint hint nudge nudge go back and listen and see if you can pick out the escorts <laughs> so there's been a few so go back and listen see if you can pick out the escorts if you do if you can actually pick out the escorts um that have been on my show and you write to me and tell me and you're accurate on that i'll give you a free session only for to the first top 10 people who answer correctly. <laughs> so, so there, there's a fun challenge. Go back and listen. Fun challenge. Go check it out. <laughs> so there have been a, quite, a, there's been at least uh, three that I can think of. Um, and some of them, it's a full-time career. So, so, so. Uh, why would you do this? Well, even in modern days, part of it is just for ease of living. It's a great, and it can be a great and fun and uh, different way to make a living for sure. And it's valuing something that we usually put no value on. And you know, what's weird right now. We also put value on things like water. We pay more for water now than we do for gasoline most of the time. So we put value on things that, you know, 30, 40 years ago, we weren't, generally paying for water unless it was water service water coming to our house but we weren't buying bottled water 30 40 years ago and so now we're valuing things a little different we can also value sex as well why not we can value a heck of a lot of things that we never valued so if you're going to look at this from a business perspective this is a business coaching courtesan escort style 101 you got to look at is does this kind of idea of being a courtesan work for you does being an escort work for you because it may sound really alluring oh, i'm gonna make lots of money but there's a lot to consider there's even though if you feel really confident in this in this kind of lifestyle or choice you you generally unless you've done a lot of healing in your life you're going to have a lot of self-critical thought in your head that's going to rip you apart in a lot of ways so you want to start if, if this is something you want to do um, definitely you can connect with me. And if my coaching with you doesn't work, I do have, uh, I do know people whose coaching would work for you um, more than likely. So it, it can be a choice, but definitely look at it as a, this is a business and treat it like a business venture and see if this business model or idea would actually work for you to become something like an escort. I just say that because I know I can make it sound super alluring. You can make money. I know people who travel. I know people who get things from it, like places to live and they get like horses and they get like stuff. So it's, it sounds great. And um, you also have a, to have a certain mindset for it because it is a, 
it is business. And even the women back in the day, we're talking like, you know, 1500s, 1550, 1540 something. Um, when you look at this from their perspective too, they needed to work their brain around this too so they could maintain it as a business as well. One of the issues that would happen with courtesans is they might fall in love with the person that is keeping them, but that person might not fall in love with them back. And then there's a whole bunch of, you know, that can lead to a whole bunch of emotional upset. So it's, it's really to look at it as this is an exchange. I'm selling my time for you to be with you. And then you're paying me for this. And uh, back in the day, the most successful ones, the most successful courtesans were ones who were able to separate like the business side of it from the emotional side of it. Because if they did get emotional and they say, for example, got pregnant and they thought they were going to be kept on the side as a mistress and they weren't, then all of a sudden their life would dramatically change. They could be pregnant. They wouldn't be invited necessarily in court anymore at the time because they were unwed pregnant women who then would be regarded not as courtesans, but more as uh, we'd say like low-class prostitutes in a way their status would change and a lot of the dynamics of their life would change. So they wouldn't necessarily be kept anymore because it wasn't interesting for the person that's keeping them to bring them and show them off. Uh, unless of course they were supposed to be, um, you know, marrying them, but that wasn't the case 99.999% of the time. So there were, there were some tricky things for these women to navigate in times when, they didn't really have any easy methods of, of contraception. There were methods, but they weren't necessarily effective or easy methods. And if you're interested about uh, methods of contraception that are, you know, a couple hundred years old, I do have shows on that. So I'm not going to get into that. I think I did a specific one on like the history of contraceptives. It's likely I did. It's been a lot of shows. So the chances are I have. And if I haven't, then I will. But I do like doing, if I haven't, I will. Because I do like uh, weird history information about sex and lifestyles and the sociology of how we relate to each other. So I'd be happy to do one about that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I would have called it, but go back, check it out and see what you can find. So I have more information to share with you. I hope this is a fun story. I hope it's like a bedtime story for those of you who are just like, oh, I really want to hear about courtesans before bed. It's like a nice bedtime story. So hope that you're enjoying it. And we will uh, we'll have more on this courtesan, the brief history. When we come back from this commercial break, you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica 
every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelenic.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're talking about courtesans and giving a little brief history on the courtesan, who they were, what they did, what was the point of being a courtesan anyway. And so if you're just joining us now, the, the brief recap is that courtesans were women of the court who were put into these, uh, these places that regularly women were not invited into. So women weren't necessarily invited into the court of the king unless they were brought by some influential man uh, for the most part. And there were influential women, but it was not as common, really not common. So there were definitely influential men who would bring in these women and they got to have more of, they got to just have a different life than a lot of the um, average women of their day who would have been like, maybe they were bread makers. They could have been bakers, washerwomen. They could have been um, doing things like making um what's the word for it it's like the women who made uh, cloth and uh, to like textile work and um there there is that kind of work for women for sure not a lot of those women i'm sure there were some but not a lot of those women would have been women who ran their own businesses they usually would have been working for companies uh probably workhouse type situations when it came to the 1800s and prior to that it would have been um, smaller indus industries like uh, a sh like a shop of textiles, that sort of thing. So these women could, though, if they chose, they could have become courtesans too, because it wasn't 
just the elite who were courtesans. They were women who knew how to get the attention of the men who had this standing in society that could invite them into court. So if you watch, um, if you ever watch Outlander, I think this is a great example. Uh, Outlander, when they land in Paris, uh, France, and they're at, um, where are they at? They are at, they're at a castle. They're at like Louis XIV's castle, I think. Anyway, they're at a castle and you can see walking around uh, in some of the scenes in the French scenes that there are courtesans walking around. There is, it, it's a really bold, there's a really bold scene in one of them where a woman is walking around with a, a, uh, a sort of a, a what is what are they called? Uh, you think I would know? I've been watching the history of clothes this week as well with my daughter. Um, there were these things. I think it was a stay that she would have been wearing, which was kind of like a corset, and they wore them under their breasts to kind of heave them up. Well, there's a scene in one of the Outlanders where there's a courtesan walking around with her breasts like fully exposed, so you could kind of tell who were the who's by looking at different costume uh, things in that show as well. But you can see it in, you could also see it in um, different, if you watch different historical shows, you can kind of see it in their costuming to the way that they would have dressed would have been slightly more provocative than, than um, somebody else it would have been maybe somebody who was already born into upper class, they would have had different looks about them. So I find that stuff fascinating too, that you can actually see it in the clothes, just like I did when I was a kid driving down the road. I noticed that was different. There, there was a woman wearing like a mini skirt on the road and she looked really cold. There are certain things that kind of stand out. Nowadays with um, escorts, it's not as evident. We don't really know that just by looking at somebody. Uh, though, you know, people could claim it by their calling. She's a whore by what she wears. That doesn't mean she's a, an escort or a courtesan, they're just being rude. So when we when we do look at though the some of the the valuable things, like when I think about what I would want as a job back then, I would have wanted to be a courtesan. Of all the jobs I could have had, that would have been my primary choice because I would rather be paid for my knowledge, information, and comp companionship than I would want to be paid for necessarily like having to, uh, you know, labor over something for hours and hours and barely scrape by and suffer. So call me cuckoo, but I would have loved to have been a courtesan. And, and I like to think that I was, but I don't have any proof of it. So, uh, you know, I could say, ah, I've done past life regression and oh my gosh, I so was a courtesan. Although I once did get on an app that said I was a 17th century French courtesan. And I was like, woo, I was like, so thrilled. It was like one of those phone apps years ago. And I was like, so excited to be a 17th century French courtesan. So you can go find out if you've ever been one, because that was just delightful. So <laughs> why would you want this? Like, if you were a wealthy woman already, you might, you might actually choose this as a lifestyle choice so that you could have independence uh, where you wouldn't have to get married. You wouldn't, you know, at the age of 14, you're getting old and gray and you have to get married because that's just the way it was back then. You were, you know, by the time you were 20, you were, you were pretty much done. So if you wanted some independence, you could absolutely take on the role of, of a courtesan. And sometimes they would 
even be hanging out with uh, not necessarily the king, but they would be pretty close. Um, there, there were even higher status than courtesans, and they were, for the life of me, I can't remember the name, but they had to do, um, they were specifically uh, like designated to royalty. Uh, and I'm sure I can find the name uh, during the show. If not, just know that there is, there is even higher status than courtesans, which to me, you know, you're, you're just, you're ramping it up. You're getting to your next level. I think it's great that there's all these levels. So we always have these levels in life. So why not like aim for the highest levels? So as a profession though, I think these women, like I kind of tap into that whole concept of being a courtesan when I think of it, I'm like, why would I choose that? And, and I look at my options that are spread out in front of me and I'm thinking, okay, I could be a baker, which means that I'm working from like 3 a.m. till 10 p.m. every night. Hmm, that doesn't sound like fun. Um, that's even relatively true nowadays too, as my mom had that lifestyle. She was a baker when I was a kid and she worked like 20 hours a day. So that didn't, that doesn't appeal to me. So then I look at what other reasons would I do that? Okay. So maybe I would get to have a say, maybe I could put some thoughts or words into, in, you know, into conversations that could create an effect change. Now that would be fun too. And the way that you would do do that is that you get yourself into these spheres, these influential spheres, so that you get to have a say. In, and in a way, it's almost like being, uh, I don't know, it's just so covert that I love it. It's like they don't even half the time know that these women are planting these ideas or thoughts. And I think that, that there's something so like fun about that to think, oh, you could have been that, per you could have been that person. Okay, here's a whack thought. This is going to just be like quantum and on a certain level. So if I thought I could have been the person who planted the idea that said to say yes in Senate to women or in Parliament in England to women having the vote, but I planted the thought as a courtesan to some dude who was super rich who said, yes, if you give women the vote, I'll give you a blowjob. And I like exchanged my favors for women's rights. I love to think that was me. <laughs> so... So how many of you, my friends out there are like, hell yeah, I'd like to have been one of those courtesans who were that influential. So there were women, you think about it, there were women doing these things. Absolutely, this happened for sure. Women are far more influential than they've given themselves credit for historically. Absolutely planting ideas and thoughts. And how fun is it to think that um, there's women that are kind of like spies working on the inside doing this. And they're more than likely they are the mistresses and the courtesans who are doing this work. And yeah, and then you've got some women out in the front lines doing the grunt work, which is awesome too. And they're out in the streets and they're aiming for the vote. Like all this stuff is going on historically all at the same time, which is wild. You've got women who are working professionally as courtesans. And at the same time, you've got women who are like, we just want the right to vote, yet you have women who are there already being examples of independence and being examples of how to be influential. They, they kind of represented a lot of things that maybe we didn't, we don't really think of them that way. We think of, oh, they were like, they were prostitutes or something. We kind of knock them off as if their jobs were not significant. Um, although prostitution is a highly valuable career. So 
I, I don't knock any level of it um, in standing, although if, if I were to choose it, I'd want to be upper class, high class, um, at least somewhere at courtesan or above. So, you know, why would we, why would we ever, if I tap into the history of that, why would I ever choose that? I'd choose it so that I could be influential. That's why I would choose it. So if this kind of topic is intriguing to you too, kind of tap into that energy and just think like, yeah, if I were to be a courtesan, what would be the value of that? Like, what would I have gained from that? And I know there's going to be some of you out there that are completely irked by that. You may not have been a courtesan. You might have been one of the people who were highly abused. For the most part, courtesans were pretty respected. If they were able to maintain, you know, their role as somebody who was uh, entertaining a conversationalist, all of these things, they um, generally were highly respected. Uh, lots of them were eventually killed as well, though. Uh, the Matahari, she was killed because she was considered a spy. Well, she was a spy, I believe, or considered a spy. I never really fully got was she actually a spy or was she just considered one. Um, it's because she had lovers in so many countries that I think they just thought she was. So, you know, kind of an interesting character. So for some other women too, you think, well, maybe they weren't, you know, they just wanted to have some choice in their life. And this was another way to just get choice. So they didn't have to be stuck with, um, you know, religious like they didn't necessarily want to have to maintain their religion so maybe they went from being catholic to being anglican at the time in england that would have been a big deal and so then they wanted to look at oh okay so if if i do that then i'm going to get rejected by my family i'm going to need to find a way to survive and then they would uh, choose a new way to be in the world so that you know being being a courtesan could be helpful that way so so many of them were able to, uh, you know, create lives like total lifestyles for themselves, which is an amazing thought to me that there were, you know, women who ended up having money and wealth and accumulated things like jewels and uh, financially were stable and they were able to assist either their families or other people and have benefactors like that didn't happen that often unless you were royalty. So if you look at the other women of their days, they wouldn't have had, you know, necessarily monies and money or jewels when they passed on to have anybody benefit from that, any benefactors. But these women um, who collected the jewels and the money would have, which is really cool. So they, another thing that I think about when I think that I'm like, oh, I wonder if anywhere in my family, we benefited from maybe somebody way back who was a courtesan, and then they gave money to somebody who gave money to somebody who gave money to somebody. Because when you look at European history, somehow or other, you go back far enough, you somehow you're really somebody who was probably royal. So chances are you might have actually had some benefit from a courtesan in way back if you take your family history right back to like you know uh roman invasions or something even prior to that maybe so it could be fun it could be a lot of fun to think about how far back could this go and could you have already benefited from courtesans in this life or from your other life maybe when you were one i just like that idea it's just fun to me so we've only got a few minutes left um as you can tell, I just get excited about courtesans and I've been reading 
uh, more books, listening to more things about this. So chances are you're going to hear me talk about some specific ones in future that really excite me. Like I do really like the Mata Hari and I might talk about her more dedicatedly on a show. Um, why? Because, you know, I just I love my prostitutes. So I like to talk about them and give them some cred, some credit here and there in the world. <laughs> so we will be back. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So. We've been talking about courtesans, for which if you've been listening to this show, you'll know that I have a deep love, respect, and like intrigue and interest in courtesans. Um, that, and you know, there's so many different names for them, but I like the name courtesan because it really represents the fact that they were in court and they were in the court of the, of the royal court and they had some influence. Now, one of the things to keep in mind is like, I've been mentioning that Courtesans are generally choosing this lifestyle so they can be independent in a way. And, and they were independent so much so in the way that this is weird. A lot of them uh, who were married actually, so there were ones that were married, number one, their partners knew about this, number two. And number three, the amazing part to me is that they there was this understanding between the person hiring them I don't even know what the name would be, the them. Isn't that an interesting word too? Because that's another word for, it's like an old school, old fashioned word for dating is courting. And, you know, you do it in court, you do situation this enclosed space. Anyways, it's all fascinating to me, these words. So courtesans court. And if you are somebody who is courting a courtesan, you're courting. So anyway, a whole other interesting thought. Okay, so when, when, um, when these people, when the courtesans are being courted, they, they actually are respected for their life, right? So usually their life would not be interfered with. If they, had, if they did have, say, children with their husband, that was acceptable. But having children with their, um, with their lover, not so much. And what would sometimes happen is that jealousy comes up 
I know that's highly strange jealousy and such, which would, you know, sometimes make men of the day go a little wacko. And I don't know if you know this, but historically, if a man said, and this was true until very recently, like the last, I think, I think the last case was like 40 or 50 years ago. There was a place still in the US who still abided by this, that if a man said that a woman was crazy, that was true. And that's all that was needed was for a man, whether it was the woman's brother, husband, son, or spouse said she was crazy, she could be institutionalized. And um, there is a place in the US, I think it's Boston, but I'm, don't quote me on that, um, that until, uh, until like the last century, I believe, was still taking women in. I think their doors only closed in the last like 40 or 50 years. It's that kind of recent. And, um, and men were still allowed to drop the women off there. So if, if there was jealousy that started to happen, guess what? Women were actually put into institutions because they were considered promiscuous and promiscuity was considered insanity. And they would often have things done to them like lobotomies, like nasty stuff happened to them. So if you were a really good courtesan, you wanted to stay in favor. You wanted to try and keep yourself like, on the up and up and make sure that, you know, you were dealing with the emotional insecurities of everybody. It was not easy work. And this is why they got paid good money for basically navigating insanity and trying to keep themselves out of the insane asylum. Or also, um, if they were lucky, insane asylum, sometimes jails, depending on the situation and what they were accused of. If you remember um, the movie with, um, I think it was, was it Renona Ryder? I can't remember, but it had, it was the scarlet letter, the letter A for adultery. Um, you know, you could be shunned that way. That was older. That was like, I think the 14th century, but there was this um, shaming and shunning and sometimes uh, absolutely uh, like they would to the point where women would be killed for their actions on this front. So by the, that was, it got kind of nasty prior to that, witch burnings, like we talked about, that's nasty. We don't even need to get fully into that. And then come turn like 1830s, 40s, 50s onward, we have a kind of a shift in, in um, psychology and we, Freud comes around and he starts giving ideas to people about why do women have this? Oh, it's hysteria. And then, you know, we're looking at all these like psychological issues that could be impacting women and reasons why we should institutionalize them for their choices. So crazy times call for crazy measures. I hope you guys had a, enjoyed the show and stay tuned for next week. Stay tuned in and turned on till next week. Oh, okay. Sorry. I am, I can't see anything right now. So I'm blind. Thank you for listening to the pleasure zone with sensual uh, movement artist, Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life 
by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.